This week on Hyperspace Broadcast, we watch Transformers Armada and wonder how the hell it turned out like this. And welcome to Hyperspace Broadcast, a show where two real friends dig through Toonami's back catalog and try to determine what, if anything, is worth revisiting. I'm Michael Doak. And I'm Peter Eby. And this week we're beginning our coverage of Transformers Armada with Season 1. It has been a long time since we've talked about Transformers, about two years, in fact, and the last time we discussed it we were talking about uh, Transformers Beast Wars, but specifically the very last time we talked about Transformers in any capacity was talking about Beast Machines Transformers, and that was a very contentious series, and I remember reading that uh, part of the like critical re-examination of the show by fans of the franchise was because it was followed by shows that were even worse, and <laughs> this yeah. is that show. Uh, this is Transformers oh, yeah. Armada. It is pretty damn bad, honestly, and we're going to talk about it. Now, I will say it, the only thing, uh, the only good strike compared to Beast Machines is that at least this show wasn't CG. Like, if this show was full CG and this shit quality, whoa. I guess. I mean, to be perfectly <laughs> honest, like, I find much of the art direction in this show to be so bland that I would rather watch Beast Machines. Like, mm, really? I, yeah, I, 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 I genuinely... I don't find the show at least... I don't find the show at least, like, hideous to look at. It's, I mean, it's bland. You're right. It's totally bland, and they also poorly execute <laughs> basic animation. Right, but, right. But, I don't oh, know. Man, I, I, still. I prefer Beast Machines, honestly. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's old CGI, and it can be a little jarring, but still, like, I got used to it. And yeah, in fairness, at least Beast Machines was trying to do something, anything. Yeah, know? I mean, the thing is, like, not to just go on a tangent about Beast Wars and Beast Machines, but, like, I liked Beast Wars. I, I thought it yeah. was a good show. Like, is it sort of distracting because the CGI is, you know, turn of the century? Yes, certainly, but I think that the show is strong enough to, you know, make that not a huge deal for me. Like, yeah, I was able to overcome that, and yeah, I I would much rather watch this show than this show or that show than this show rather. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. like, the, yeah, we gotta get into it. Huh? Yeah, well, we gotta actually <laughs> talk about it. So the thing that's really interesting about this show, and part of the reason that it turned out how it did, is that um. It's well, it was the first Transformers show that was a co-production between uh, an American company, Hasbro, and a Japanese company, Takara. And they were basically the toy distributors slash manufacturers mm. uh, for this show. And like this is a show that was written and produced in Japan, but with input from Hasbro. And the weird thing about that is that despite the fact that this was written and produced in Japan, you know, 
a Japanese show written and produced in Japanese, um, the English dub came out first, uh, predating yeah. the Japanese airing by like six months. The, the American dub was in August of 2001, and the Japanese version came out in January of 2002. So, Jeez. like, somehow they managed to push out the dub before the actual show came out in its country of origin. Right. Well, and, like, Cartoon Network, I believe, pushed, like, these kind of unreasonable <laughs> production deadlines. Like, yeah, yeah no, right, we need this right. now. So, and yeah, so, like, so, yeah. And so what you have is a situation in which uh, the American version comes out and it's really rushed and there's so many weird errors. There's continuity errors. There's like nonsensical dialogue that doesn't match what's happening on screen, which is yeah, it's crazy. Cr- it's it's really surreal to watch, honestly. And the thing is, like, to be perfectly honest, there's a lot of problems with this show such that I very much doubt that the Japanese version is particularly watchable either. Yeah. But, yeah, I've heard they like fix some stuff, but still. Yeah, but like the the thing is it was just super rushed because yeah, as you said, basically Cartoon Network wanted a specific amount of episodes dubbed before they were willing to like sign off on actually airing it and the toy line release date was set. And, you oh. know, that's the whole point of the damn show. Yeah, so yeah. they needed to get it out by that time. So, yeah, it got super rushed. And you can really tell, like, it's it's awful. So to move on to the summary, to be honest, this first season is pretty much just a bunch of standalone episodes. There isn't really a whole lot of overarching plot here. Yeah. Uh, or even plot within the episodes themselves. But, you know, the the, the setup for the show is that Long ago, there was a war on the Transformers home planet of Cybertron between the two Transformers factions, the good Autobots and the evil Decepticons. Uh, pretty standard setup, but the twist in this version is that uh, because it's a new continuity, there's this other race of Transformers called Minicons, and the Minicons can merge with their larger, I guess, Transformers brethren uh, in a thing that is called power linksing, spelled with an X, of course. Well, I didn't uh, catch that. <laughs> yeah, they they say it once in this first season, but oh. uh, I believe it comes up more later. <laughs> right. So so they power links, and then the the big transformers get more strong, and so you know the minicons basically exacerbated this war and eventually decided to leave. Cybertron because they didn't want to be used as weapons anymore, which the Autobots helped facilitate. So the Minicons leave Cybertron in this big spaceship. Uh, It travels across the galaxy, crashes into Earth's moon. Somehow part of the ship rips off after crashing into the moon and lands on Earth. As if the moon has no orbit. (laughs) Yeah, it it breaks off uh, on part of the moon exactly. flies to Earth. As though the moon has no gravity or anything cut to eight million years later or whatever like modern day we get these cool kids cool seventh graders rad short for brad and carlos short for (laughs) carlos short Uh, for brad because brad not short enough and i'm sure that's why he's named rad not because he's super cool oh my god rad looks like fucking naruto yeah he really does carlos has the voice of like 
frankly, like a Mexican stereotype played by yeah. a white guy, of course, because this yeah, is right. 2002. They, uh, they're super cool. They skateboard and bicycle, you know, and they, uh, or BMX, I should say. Yeah, right. Like, they, they go to explore a cave, and I'll explain this in more detail because the first episode happens to be my nadir for this, uh, particular <laughs> block. Spoilers, but... I should tell you something. <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah, they go to this cave, uh, they find a minicon panel, and then them finding this for whatever reason, sends a signal back to Cybertron. So uh, Megatron, the leader of the Decepticons, comes to Earth to try to get the Minicons. And Optimus Prime, leader of the Autobots, uh, comes to Earth to try to stop Megatron. And of course, they both have like a handful of, you know, goons, I guess. They have a handful of other characters who help them out. I find it weird that they set up a beacon. They're like, okay, we're going to help you guys go away, so we're, you're not a part of our lives anymore. You don't instigate war. You guys don't want the war. Okay, great. But we're going to set you up with a beacon, so if you happen to reactivate ever, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all no, of us it will makes know no so we can sense. come and make the war happen again. <laughs> it makes absolutely no sense that they would send any kind of signal back to Cybertron, yeah. the place that they were escaping. Like, particularly since it is later established explicitly that the Autobots helped the Minicons escape. So, like... Right. it. I don't, whatever. It, it's irrelevant. It's just a stupid detail that doesn't make any sense in a show that is full of stupid details that yeah. don't make any sense. Well, anyway, Rad, Carlos, and their friend Alexis, uh, who is, I don't know, the girl, I guess. Like, yeah. It, it, and the, the characterizations of the show are just nothing. Uh, right. She's like the, <laughs> she's more the, I guess, um, killjoy of the group. Like, yeah, of course. They're very right. typical teenage boys, like, oh, let's go have adventures. And she's the one yeah. who's like, guys, you know, wagging my finger. You can't do anything fun, uh, yep. which is, yeah. you know, awesome. So yeah, great, great feminist writing there. <laughs> uh, the They end up befriending the Minicons and... You know, the Autobots show up and they ally themselves with the Autobots as the Autobots defend them against, you know, Megatron attacking them for many cons. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty straightforward stuff. Yeah. Yes, the, the humans become friends with the Autobots and then the rest of the show, at least in this season, is pretty much uh, a mini cons detected in the Arctic let's teleport there and find it right. uh and then the autobots and decepticons inevitably get into a fight uh while the kids typically will kind of find the minicon themselves and then we either also... <laughs> the decepticons will steal it or you know the autobots will keep it and this pokemon-esque plotline literally becomes like gotta catch them all on the last episode of the season where it's revealed that apparently the minicons have like the secret to universal peace <laughs> but we can only find out if we collect <sighs> all of right them. i forgot about <laughs> that like, weird thing what yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Minicons have somehow the secret of universal peace, which, to be frank, you seems think would like... just be not fighting. <laughs> well, you would think that maybe like they would have done something about it back when they were being used as weapons of war and they were all active. Yeah. But whatever. No, that doesn't matter. Uh, also, like I only mention this because I think it might come up later. But again, with this show, it's really hard to tell yeah. uh, because everything's so inconsistent. It's hinted that there was a an ancient human civilization that used the Minicons for power. What that means exactly, I can't tell you. But 
it means that they were a super advanced civilization and uh, ended up getting destroyed because they were fighting in so many wars because they had all this power. And uh, yeah, like it, it involves the mini cons. But again, I really don't know if this is ever going to come up again because right. it easily couldn't. <laughs> so all of that said, Peter, what was your favorite episode of this season? I know it's probably not an easy choice, frankly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you know what? I'll say right here. You might be thinking like, hey, <laughs> hey, you guys, you're not doing honorable mentions this week. And this is like pretty much a standalone episode. Let me tell you, that's because there are no honorable mentions <laughs> within any no, of these no, episodes. There, aren't. <laughs> there is nothing honorable to mention. <laughs> there, so, to be honest, like I don't want to talk more favorite... about this show than I have to. <laughs> it's shit. Yeah, but... The the thing is, my favorite episode is like one that was marginally better than the rest. <laughs> yep, it is extremely bog standard. And your favorite episode is definitely the, the best, but it's still not very good. No, like, no, the show is still shit, and this is this episode still shit. My episode, of course, my zenith is episode thirteen, the final episode of the season called Swoop. Now let's talk about the title before we you do must. anything. <laughs> Because yeah. <laughs> this this episode uh, features no swooping. It takes place entirely inside the Autobot base, so the Decepticons that can fly don't really have a chance to do that. Um, yeah. It is about a sword, however. And the Transformers wiki posits that because the Japanese title of this episode in the corresponding Japanese version of the series uh, is a type of sword that it was supposed to be called sword and someone just fucked it up. And so <laughs> it's called swoop now. And that makes no sense. And right. it's even worse because there's a transformers character named fucking swoop. Say, I was going to say, like, I thought, I, I thought it was called swoop because like the transformers character swoop was going to show up and be a so character did I. of the show. And nope. it doesn't happen. <laughs> Not swoop whatsoever. Is a total nonsense title. It makes no so, sense. Here's what happens in this episode, and I'll explain why I like it more than other episodes. It's basically the Decepticons detect the base, and everyone in this show has the ability to just, like, teleport long distances and teleport in groups. And it seems like <laughs> Yeah, everyone teleports everywhere. The Decepticons are especially good at it. They can teleport somewhere, steal a minicon, and instantly teleport out. Really seems like they've got the upper hand. Yeah, in uh, fairness, it seems like the Autobots would probably be able to do that, too, except they always have to collect the kids so they don't just strand them true. wherever. Yeah, yeah. It's, it is hilarious how completely useless the kids are and how much they really honestly just get in the way of the autobots yeah right in they're their mission. an active detriment to the autobots missions they do nothing like if you imagine like well, well in okay, fairness this, uh, in fairness they usually find the minicon that's true they're small enough to sneak around and find miniguns and also the autobots are almost always occupied fighting the decepticons yeah um, yeah but that that's a whole other story so, frankly in this episode of course we get billy and fred who are characters introduced as bullies and are extremely annoying especially yeah, awful. Uh, fred especially fred is the worst who, i will talk more about him specifically yeah. fred fred is the overweight bully who is like he's kind of the toady to uh to billy he is uh, constantly whining and he's a yeah, very yeah. annoying voice and he's constantly talking about like how he's hungry and shit <laughs> like of course it's just yeah, he, terrible he, yeah he's awful fred is um, the worst and these two characters 
despite being introduced as bullies, like very quickly yeah. just kind of become friends of the main characters. Like, yeah. Yeah. And also you sort of realize that the main characters might be the real bullies. <laughs> Particularly <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's one episode where it, like the episode starts with these kids playing a three on two game of basketball and the heroes are really, really like happy and gloating about the fact that they've won three games in a row in a yeah. mismatched set. <laughs> yeah. It's ridiculous. It's just like, okay. Like the first episode had these bullies, like had these guys actually kind of being bullies and being jerks for like the first scene. And then they kind of turn it around, but no, the entire show just treats them like shit until, like, they finally become friends way later on. In any case, whatever, they're showing around the base, but then there's an emergency because the Decepticons have teleported into the base. Oh, shit. Like, they're here. So Optimus Prime, the Autobots, and the kids, they're, they're all, like, stuck in the base, and they're trying to defend it. And um, most of this episode is just them, like, setting up traps and doing kind of guerrilla warfare stuff. Which is actually interesting, because most of the combat in the show is, like, Revolutionary War-style fucking standing in a line shooting each other, except nobody hits. It's just standing yeah, in line which, shooting. <laughs> which is a awful. Transformers tradition, but it's it's bad even here, for though. that here. Yeah. Like, Beast Wars had, like, something interesting going on in combat, Yeah, they would usually. sometimes like, take cover. Yeah. In this, like, they will very, quite literally ability. just shoot at each other in the open, and nothing yeah. happens. And then they'll like they'll be like, oh, we got to equip our mini cons, and they equip their mini cons and continue shooting each other, and nothing continues to happen. Mm -hmm. And this one, it's like finally, like they're actually doing something interesting. Like there's like they basically like cut through to each different Decepticon and how they're like using clever traps to catch them, including like a Hall of Mirrors moment. Which yeah, is the Hall fun. of Mirrors is. I, I guess you could it's call it fun. Nice. I personally found it pretty silly, and it's also just funny to me that apparently the Autobot base has a hall of mirrors. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's true. Why? Like, yeah, why would they have that? Uh, and then you get this kind of plot point about something that have been kind of building on in previous episodes that like these three mini cons, if they're combined, make a, the Star Saber, which is just a lightsaber made of a trans made of like three transformers and. The uh, hot-headed hotshot uh, gets a hold of the Star Saber, and, you know, he becomes, like, kind of the hero, and he fights off Megatron with it in a scene that actually has some animation, which is interesting, where he's, like, yeah, whipping sure. around the sword. Actually, I was like, oh, that's actually kind of cool. This episode, of course, like, being, like, to me, the one, like, decent episode of the show, uh, yours was pretty good, pretty, like, pretty good by comparison, too. But the fact that... <laughs> Like, the show is so bad that, like, this is barely anything. Like, the fact that I can just, like, look at a character swinging a sword around and be like, whoa. Yeah, they like, did oh, something. man, that's actually more action than we usually get. Because yeah. th this is a show where exciting things will happen off screen and then a character will tell us about it, which is, like, you know, shit. <laughs> like, it's, it's just such a low bar it sets for itself. But, like, yeah, in the end, it's like, oh, there's actually some kind of plot development, it seems like. And they, they add that shit about, like, oh, the Midicons actually have the secret to Universal Peace, which is really stupid. But at <laughs> yeah, least it's, but it's something. At least something. There's, like, some drive. Otherwise, it just seems like, oh, the Autobots want to capture the Minicons to uh, employ them, whereas the Decepticons want to capture the Minicons and enslave them. But they're both, they both still want to just use the Minicons for their war. 
Yeah, right. It's one of the weird things about this show is that they don't, I mean, well, there are many weird things about this show, but one of the many is that they don't do a very good job of differentiating what the goals of the Decepticons and the Autobots are. Like, yeah. I mean, the what the thing that they're going for, which sometimes works but just doesn't feel clear enough, is that generally speaking, the Autobots seem to be like that. They're not even really actively using the minicons. Usually, yeah. the minicons will be like, "Oh, I got a volunteer to help the Autobots fight off the Decepticons," whereas the Decepticons are more like, "Oh, we'll just use you for our own ends." But again, it, it does it like I don't know. It's it's really weird because you don't get much of an impression that the Decepticons are mistreating the minicons, and I mean, the minicons yeah. are their own can of worms because they're so devoid of character or emotion or anything. Yeah. They basically just that speak. It doesn't in matter. Like, they speak in like dial-up tone to each other, and it's. Yeah, to everybody. It's it's like R2-D2, but without any personality whatsoever. Like, And if there's like 10 of them talking to each other. Yeah, right. (laughs) You want to hear a bunch of beeping in a room. (laughs) So, yeah, the Minicons are pretty shitty. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so this this episode, you know, it does a little bit of something different, but I don't know. It's really not much. (laughs) What what was your favorite? Uh, mine was episode 10, Underground. Uh, the basic plot of this episode is that this time there's a minicon in an unnamed human city. And this promises some interesting stuff because, you know, the Transformers can't just openly transform in front of humans, at least in theory. But yeah, that doesn't yeah. really matter because they go underground immediately. And so, you know, there are no humans around. Um, so the minicon panel in this case is in this big underground complex of like an abandoned subway system and all this other crap and a random you know, underground mall that also is connected to the abandoned yeah, subway right. system which it's is weird quite strange but anyway uh so yeah they they go into these tunnels the autobots split up to cover more ground and the kids end up finding not just the minicon panel but also another unknown transformer which like you know, follows them and tries to catch them. Uh, also, all of the Decepticon minicons are deployed in order to chase after the kids. And, you know, in the end, it turns out, oh, this unknown uh, Transformer is a character called Smokescreen, and he's an Autobot, and he was actually trying to defend the kids. Uh, so he defends them against the Decepticons, and then the rest of the Autobots show up. Uh, they fight, and, you know, the... I think the yeah. Decepticons get away with the Minicon in this episode. I don't really remember. It's kind of... They involved. almost always do because of the kids' influence. <laughs> so basically, the only thing this episode really has going for it is that, again, it's a little unusual for this show. Like, to be honest, it's not much better than any other given episode, but having the sort of unknown factor of this Transformer that we don't recognize is kind of interesting because it could be a friend or foe and we don't know at all. Um, And then, you know, having the Minicons chasing after the kids is kind of fun because the Minicons generally don't act on their own all that much, uh, especially the Decepticon ones. And they're never even villainized. Like, the Decepticon ones are just attached to Decepticons and make them much more powerful, but, like, they're, they're never, like, their own villain. Yeah, right, right. And they're they're never really used in this manner elsewhere in the show. Like, yeah. 
pretty much they're only used for power linksing. Uh, so it's kind of cool to see them being utilized in another capacity, especially since, you know, it makes sense. They're in very enclosed spaces, like giant robots aren't going to have a very fun time in a subway tunnel. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, like it's pretty much like every other episode. There's there's not a whole lot different. It's kind of nice to have a new character introduced, but, you know, it's the same as everything else. Also, I don't really understand why this guy's named Smokescreen. Because he yeah. is a crane truck, which has nothing to do with that. But, you know, again, whatever, I guess. Right. I, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Maybe if he was so, like a fire truck, and even that would be a stretch. He'd probably go with a cooler fire-based name. Uh, yeah, whatever. right. Uh, so what was your least favorite episode? Uh, I'd say my least favorite episode is episode eight, Palace. Um, the Transformers end up looking for a minicon in the Sahara Desert. And... Uh, you know, meanwhile, the Autobots, they end up getting ambushed by Demolisher, one of the Decepticons, who's like shoots at them from a sand pit. Uh, the kid, both the kids and Demolisher fall through the sand pit into like some secret underground ruins. And mm-hmm. they're both like stuck down there. And everyone else is like, I don't know what's going on. They're kind of looking for them. And uh, so everyone's exploring these ruins. And you think maybe it's going to be like <laughs> kind of a. Maybe an enemy mind kind of thing, like, uh, you know, these two opposing forces have to team up to get out of this survival scenario. Uh, but nope. <laughs> Instead, no, that's not at all what it is. And it's they not just even... They hang out. Uh, they, they just kind of get ambushed by robot spiders that apparently existed in the before times and uh, kind of trick yeah, Demolisher well... and escape on their own with a minicon. It's probably worth mentioning as far as the robot spiders, which, you know, I honestly didn't even really think about until I was reading the synopsis again in the summary and being like, wait, that makes no sense. Um, <laughs> but but th- this like underground temple is linked to the like ancient human civilization that's established later that used the minicons somehow. Yeah, and it's kind of implied that I th- I thought it was kind of implied that there's like a world war between ancient civilizations that all had minicons. So I don't know if it's all just one. I mean, maybe I don't know, multiple. but it doesn't matter. But <laughs> yeah, again, who knows if it'll ever even come up? But I I think like that is the justification for the robot spiders is right. that this is a civilization that had access to minicons and probably used them for some kind of technology i guess and it part of why this episode sucks beyond just like missing an opportunity for some interesting storytelling uh <laughs> and having you know having like i said the enemy mind thing yeah uh, and and just being an episode of this show in general yeah, um, yeah right <laughs> beyond, beyond that there also is just like random randomly rad starts narrating this episode and it's just doesn't feel right and is out of place and everything he narrates his narration is completely pointless it's all stuff that is explained by showing and doesn't need telling you know like and it shows like oh there's once a a woman in the sahara desert in ancient times who found this artifact and she brought it back to her tribe and like you know they thought it was going to bring her great power or something and like and then like he continues to go on about this bullshit right and in general it's just it's just redundant is the thing like yeah 
he he yeah as you said like he will just reiterate plot points that happened earlier in that episode it's like it's like a mid-series recap but it's a mid-episode recap of what's already happened which yeah. is just completely unnecessary yeah it's just totally redundant it's pointless and, and, and there's like noticeable continuity errors in this episode too <laughs> like that carlos ends up like falling for a trap that causes a rock to fall on him and crush him he's saved from that then he like steps on another thing <laughs> where the floor beneath him breaks and he falls and he's like gonna fall to his death meanwhile it cuts to demolisher who's in the same room also falling to his death but he manages to catch himself and pull himself up and then it cuts back to carlos and he's fine just hanging out with everybody like well, yeah, okay, right. you really left us on a cliffhanger for a second where I thought Carlos was going to die again, but I guess they saved him off screen. Yeah, it's, again, the exciting really things stupid. often happen off screen. Yeah, yeah. And, man, it's just bad. And it's like, there's really nothing else to say about it. It's just yep. like tries to do something it, it almost tries to do something like i i was interesting interested vaguely in the, like them connecting the story with like past human history and stuff uh but no none of it's meaningful at all and it's just another excuse to catch a minicon in like a new diverse location like oh we haven't been to the desert yet fuck it yeah right and that is obviously the whole point like yeah. that's uh, again it's it's an episode of the first season of the show which are pretty much all like that my least favorite episode was the first episode, as I already mentioned. It's titled The First Encounter, and as you'd expect, it's pretty much just setting up the premise of the show. Um, but in particular, this first episode is almost entirely just Rad and Carlos exploring this cave, <laughs> and uh, followed by Billy and Fred exploring the same cave. Yeah. And that's really why it's my least favorite episode, because A, like, frankly... I really do not want all these like shitty teenagers in my Transformers show. I couldn't care less about any of them. And like, I don't know. I, I don't yeah. think that I need a human character to be able to understand this world, frankly. Um, in addition to that, like, you know, this is the introduction of all these characters and they're all super annoying right off the bat. And, like Billy and Fred exploring the cave in particular. We've oh. already talked about Fred, but Fred is just the worst character in this show. And particularly in this episode, he's incredibly obnoxious. Yeah. The whole time yeah. they're in the cave, he's just whining and like, uh, you know, like his voice is basically the Simpsons squeaky voice, teen voice, except that he has way more dialogue. Like, it's as though they did a feature episode of The Simpsons on Squeaky Voice Teen, and yeah. all the jokes were about how he eats too much junk food and is a coward and has a therapist, I guess. And it's just terrible. Like, uh, I don't know even what else to say about it. Fred is the worst, most annoying character in the show by far. Which is saying something, because yeah. <laughs> all of the teens are extremely annoying and unlikable. This episode also has a se a sequence where Rad and Carlos are, like, sliding down this tunnel. There's, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm realizing, thinking about this, there's a hell of a lot of cave-ins in this show. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think every episode we've talked about featured a cave-in, except maybe <laughs> your favorite episode. 
Yeah, no, your favorite yeah. episode's the only one of these four that doesn't feature a cave-in, and there's at least one other episode that features one. So, yeah, weirdly, there's a lot of cave-ins here. And anyway, they're just sliding down this, like, cave tunnel for what feels like a half hour. Yeah, and it's the whole time, so long. They're screaming. The whole time, they're just... Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it, yep. And it's, yeah. it never ends. It just goes on and on for, like... Like probably only about two minutes of real time. That's but a still, long time, though. It's <laughs> <Yeah>. forever, <laughs> especially because you're like they're showing like the same animation of the stupid cave, like the slide sliding down a cave, and it looks <laughs> yeah, like right. shit. It, like yeah, literally, it's, and, yeah. I think you put it. It looks like a first person view of a shit. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's yeah. It's ridiculous. It's so. It just, the most over the top like anime bad dub screaming you know like something about something yeah. about that in particular just like whoa, 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 whoa. yeah right <laughs> it's, it's like so anytime bad. a villain powers up in dragon ball z except that they're just sliding down a fucking cave and yeah yeah this is it's, Krillin's it's, it's the same level of just annoying reaction and there's just in general so much screaming in fear and confusion in this episode yeah <laughs> it yeah. is like i swear 50 percent of the dialogue in this episode is just billy screams like it's ridiculous and, um and so, there's almost no transformers in this episode <laughs> well yeah and that's the other thing the transformers don't show up until the very 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 end and it really it really is like you got to love these kids, right? Like you guys are going to love these kid characters. Right, <laughs> so exactly. You're going to be with them until the Transformers show up. Is that okay? Oh no, it's not. <laughs> so, yeah, it's like it's terrible and honestly, while watching it, there was a point where I was like <laughs> I made a mistake choosing yeah. this series. We're not going to be able to watch this because yeah. this is completely insufferable. It's not even entertaining. It's this just ep awful. This episode was so bad that it, we, we we were questioning the structure of our podcast, which we've done for yeah. four years. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh. Like, And again, just between all the screaming and shit, it's completely obnoxious. And, you know, as you already mentioned, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense that the Minicons would alert the people they're trying to escape when they're found by somebody else. But that's what happens here. Uh, yeah. And, and like, the final thing that I want to point out, and it, maybe it's just me being a nitpicker, but, like, literally the very first line of dialogue of this show is a fuck-up. <laughs> The first line of dialogue, literally the first words that start the show is the phrase light years ago. <laughs> and you may or may not be aware, but light years are a measurement of distance, not time, meaning that that phrase makes no sense. Or it, rather, it, it, it's the it, same as saying years ago. Right, right. It just sounds more science fiction-y, I guess. And yeah, again, the first line of dialogue the first it's, words we hear are a mistake. That is this show. It goes to tell you something, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I knew I was in trouble when the first line was a mistake, and I was like, oh, shit. 
we are in for something uh, here. Yeah, little did we know that would foreshadow so many more mistakes, like characters referring to other characters by the wrong name. Constantly. <laughs> Main Constantly. characters by the wrong name. Hot Shot is called Hot Rod by accident. You know, we get like minicon names. They're never get, yeah, they, like, the, never the get those right. Yeah, the minicon names are constantly screwed they up. They switch them like, with like the Japanese names all the time and completely fuck them up. It's yeah, like, it's, ugh. Oh, boy. I mean, again, like, unfortunately, this is what happens when you totally rush anything. Yeah. Like, a show. <laughs> like, when when you totally rush the production of a show, things slip through the cracks a lot. And this show is just a pile of mistakes that slipped through the cracks. Like, that's pretty much what it is. And yeah, it's just yeah. honestly kind of sad in a way. Like, again, I'm not sure the show would have been great if none of these mistakes were made, but still, if like, I feel secondhand embarrassment watching it sometimes. Oh, man. <laughs> um, so I guess we should get to the break before I just yeah. spill my entire thoughts on this show. Um, when we get back, we will be talking about what we think, which I'm sure you'll be surprised by. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. you know, then we'll talk about a bet and what we're going to be watching next. But we'll be right back. Cyclonus failed me again. That figures. Retreat. Transformers Armada will return in a moment. Hey there, everyone. This is Michael jumping in during the break in order to uh, give you some acknowledgments. You know, do what I always do. This is the 121st time, after all. Our opening and closing music is, as always, Vapor Diving, and the music for the bumpers is Monkeys. Both of these tracks are by Anatech, that is A-N-I-T-E-K. You can find more of their music on SoundCloud, and rights were secured through Gemendo. Our next full episode will release July 29th, and tune in next week for GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords. As always, you can submit a topic or show suggestion for our minisodes via DM on Facebook.com slash HBPod, Twitter at HBPod, or you can email us at hyperspacebroadcastpod at gmail.com. Now, back to Transformers Armada. All right, we are back, and uh, yeah, this show's terrible. Yep. It is, <laughs> I think, possibly the worst show that we've watched for this podcast. It is... Ooh. It's up there legitimately, with... Legitimately. It's in like, the pantheon I don't of know. shit. Like, it, it's, it's there with Pokemon and Hamtaro, um... Yeah, right. And the thing is, again, yeah. I I read that the show was a train wreck, and I didn't really believe it. But watching it, <laughs> it is absolutely one of the biggest train wrecks I've seen. And again, like, it's this weird thing where I feel a little bad for ripping on it so hard because I know that at least part of the reason it's such a shit show is because they just didn't have the time to make it work. <laughs> But, you know, it's still bad. Like, yeah. that doesn't really save it. It just makes me feel worse for the people involved. Um, the dub is horrible. Like, that that's the main problem, really. You know, the voice acting 
is okay sometimes. The ki- as we've said already, the kids are super annoying. Yeah. Um, it is kind of nice that Gary Chalk and David Kay are Optimus Prime and Megatron, respectively, considering that they were Optimus Primal and Megatron in uh, Beast Wars, and then again yeah. in Beast Machines, and like you know, they're they're professionals. They do their they do their job, but sometimes I feel like I can almost hear the face palming (laughs) like i would be curious to see the japanese version just by virtue of some of the you know dialogue mistakes probably wouldn't be an issue but who knows like there are so many instances where the dialogue just doesn't make sense there's one scene that i literally rewound three times because (laughs) i couldn't understand what was supposed to be happening before finally concluding that it just didn't make sense yeah yeah (laughs) which i mean i will be posting clips from this show on our social media and i encourage you to watch them because you don't know and we can't do it justice just by explaining the dialogue (laughs) it just it sounds like the characters aren't talking to each other a lot of the time because (laughs) their lines will be so disjointed or it's just like it's a scene it sounds like almost like the dialogue should be a scene from a different episode because what's happening on screen doesn't <laughs> right. match whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the scene that I'm thinking about literally the Decepticons are behind a rock getting shot at and one of them refuses to return fire because it might give away their position. Again, <laughs> They're yeah. being shot at. They're being shot Their at. position some is of them, obviously some of them, given away. <laughs> some of them are actually returning fire, too. And and yet, this guy's yeah. concerned about their position being revealed. In fact, I, I think, what, that's Demolishor? That's yeah. like, ooh, we can't. I think he's firing back in the previous shot. Like, <laughs> Oh, my God. It, it's nonsense. It's absurd. Um. So, yeah, that's terrible. Overall, the writing is just there. Like... Again, yeah. every episode is just finding many cons and it gets boring pretty much immediately. And then there's like 12 more episodes left. Um, and, oh God, the mini cons are like, you can't tell them apart. There's just the like, mini cons are the worst. Yeah. Like there's one that is like, oh, this one's like the first one they met. And it's kind of cool, I guess. And it's like you, I can tell that one apart, I guess. But, like, you never know their names because they don't talk. So, like, they are referred to. And then, of course, they are the most common name mistakes where they're yeah, given right, the wrong name all the time. Yeah, constantly they're referred to by the wrong name. And then, and, like, and eventually there's so many of them, I cannot tell them apart. And they, like, just look bland and just, like, bad. Like, it's really stupid. Yeah, like, in, gen- in general. I would not say that Transformers as a franchise has particularly strong characterization. Yeah. Like, there are exceptions. Again, I think Beast Beast Wars, Wars. they actually do a really good job of developing the characters in a way that pretty much no other Transformers show really bothers to, at least the ones that I've seen. Um, But, like, even having said that, most of the characters have a distinct like archetype or at least a characteristic that you can latch on to like optimus prime is the taciturn leader um starscream is like a backstabbing weasel who's also yeah. kind of a coward you know hot shot is a hot shot i guess i mean that's pretty much right on the tin but 
the fucking minicons have no personality. None. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't yeah. do anything. They never react. Like, whenever they react to anything, it's always a group, and they always react in the same way. And it's it's crazy because it's like, you know, I, I want to say, oh, it's because they don't talk. But dogs have personality. Yeah. Fucking R2-D2 has personality. He doesn't talk. The Minicons just don't. They just don't have anything. And that's insane considering yeah. that they're the whole focus of the fucking show. Like, the whole show is getting Minicons and they have less personality than fucking Pokemon. Yeah. They're yeah. nothing. It's awful. They can't express anything. I hate them. <laughs> I hate the fucking Damn. Minicons, honestly. It just it just blows my mind how nothing they are for yeah. being what the show revolves around. And there's a shitload of them, too. Like, oh God. Th 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 there's pretty much a new one in every episode. But really, if you look at the character list on the uh, Transformers Wiki, TF Wiki, which is great, by the way. I it's been a great resource. I strongly encourage you to check yeah. it out because it's very funny. It's really well written. But um, the character list, like... <laughs> you'll notice that it extends down quite far after the list of Autobot characters and Decepticon characters is done. That's because on the other side is the list of Minicons, and it's twice as long as the list of the main faction characters who <laughs> actually have personalities and dialogue. Yeah. Twice yeah. as long. There's like fucking 30 of them, and they're all exactly identical. It's a, it's a wonder that the Pokemon series, a garbage series, does more to it does more to characterize their 150 fucking Pokemon. Yeah, who can only speak by saying their own name. And yeah. again, I don't think that Pokemon have a whole lot of character, but they have no. more than the Minicons. Yeah, at least they like try and interact with things, <laughs> like or they like try and communicate via like I don't know doing acting i don't know man it's yeah it's i mean just... it helps that they're cute also for the most True. part like which the minicons just kind of look like jumbles of bullshit like yeah you know they're they just look like any other transformer frankly all of the transformers look identical to each other with the exception of optimus who's like the one standout design of the franchise frankly that yeah you can immediately recognize but pretty much everyone else kind of looks identical to the next guy and yeah, the uh, man, like I, I don't even know. I can't, I can't just go on forever about how the minicons suck, but they suck hard. They're terrible, and it blows my mind that the show is so focused on them, given how little they have to do or act. Like, why? Y you would think that if you're writing a show around a group of characters, you would give them characteristics. <laughs> <laughs> it's right there characters part of the word <laughs> like it. yeah like the minicons could be bags of gold and the show would be no different in fact <laughs> it might be better but yeah sadly that's not the case um now I, I i having ripped on this show for like 40 50 minutes at this point i will say that there's one thing that i actually really like about it which is the characterization of Megatron is actually pretty clever, I think. Like, 
Megatron comes across in this series as kind of an exasperated babysitter who's <laughs> trying to keep the fucking kids they're babysitting from fighting each other. Yeah. Because yeah. his minions are so prone to bickering with each other and like so bad at following orders that he just perpetually seems to be on the verge of sighing in resignation. <laughs> and I really like that characterization. Like, yeah. Like he's like an evil Dan McCoy of the flop house. Like <laughs> he is just always a little exasperated. And I think it's frankly a pretty clever choice considering how many shows like this, the, the villains are so goddamn, uh, uncooperative with each other and like yeah. so dysfunctional i think it's really funny to be like let's make the leader obviously very annoyed at how dysfunctional his troops are <laughs> uh but apparently incapable of really like whipping them into shape uh so yeah like megatron's character is characterization in the show quite good basically everything else is terrible mm -hmm. yeah basically everything else sucks ass uh so, uh, would you recommend this season or? <laughs> oh, no, not at all. I mean, yeah. best no, left in the past, this is huh? <laughs> the most best left in the past thing that we have covered, I think. Yeah. Like, I yeah. think I would rather watch Hamtaro. I, um, I hard agree, and that's saying something. Yeah. Now, in fairness, I have heard that this series gets better as time goes on writing wise. God only. Like, we can only I hope. hope because if I have to sit through another season of just like, oh, there's a mini con in the jungle in this yeah. episode titled Jungle that actually takes place in a deciduous forest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not you a know, jungle at all, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, and that's the thing. I mean, I've been going on about this for a long time, but there's so much stuff that we haven't even really oh mentioned. Oh my god. Like, yeah, it just struck me one thing that I would be very remiss not to mention. But fucking there's okay. one episode where like Transformers are at a carnival and they're like, oh, right. I guess yeah, we're just, yeah. this like, is we gotta go undercover. Frankly. And said so they just kind of hang out, <laughs> just as yeah, right. full well, robots. And kids are like, they're just like, oh, they're people in costumes, but they're really cool. And all these kids are like super into it. At the end of this episode, <laughs> Hotshot, I believe, says these exact words, uh, leaving these like little kids after he's like, save the day. He goes, remember, kids. All robots were not created equal, and then he flies off, and it's like, what? <laughs> yes. What the fuck and are you talking we, about? We There's... literally, after finishing that episode, <laughs> that is the last line from Hotshot. We talked about it for I think a good twenty minutes, if not yeah. more, because it is such a baffling line. And, and, and he's not referring to a Decepticon. He's not referring right. to even a Minicon. He's not referring to anything. He's just well, saying he, that. He seems to be referring to the minicons, and that's the thing. Like, the Which only conclusion <laughs> you can really draw from that line without stretching it a lot is that Hotshot hates minicons. Yeah, like, Hotshot's kind of a racist. <laughs> that's really the only conclusion you can come to. Like, we seriously sat there and we're trying to think, like, what could this supposedly mean? Like, what yeah. was the intention of this line and i can't really figure it out like the best i can do is that at one point some adults refer to the minicons as being like oh those are pretty crappy robots which is hilarious on its own frankly yeah. but like 
so the only thing I can think of is that Hotshot was like, you know, you human, your human created robots are shit compared to us. But there are no human created robots in yeah, the episode. Yeah. So yeah, there's nothing that doesn't to make sense. <laughs> it's <sighs> a really bizarre line. And yeah, like there's that. Uh, we don't even re- we haven't even really talked about how every fight is so stiff and awkward and like stuff just will not happen. Yeah. You know, like the exciting parts happen off screen. It makes fucking Sailor Moon look like John Wick. Like <laughs> it's fucking so awkward and terrible. Yeah. By comparison, you like come to dread the fights like, because like <laughs> uh, uh, more interesting things are happening any other time in the show than the fights. And when the fights happen, it's just standing around vaguely shooting each other and cuts it, between that. Maybe. And that's it. And it's shit. It's just like. Well, oh particularly because they're transformers, so they can like turn into vehicles, which you might think would lead to some cool action scenes, but it just doesn't. And they don't. Yeah, um, they just shoot. There's, there's an episode the previously mentioned Jungle, where Rad just pulls a fucking environmental message out of his ass. Yeah, and they really hammer that really, home, and you're like, really why is this happening? Like this show doesn't usually have moral messages that are this obvious. And then that never really comes up. Like, there's never anything even close to being like that again. There's an episode. There's, there's an episode where they where Carlos intercepts this like distress signal from this girl, and he like, kind of falls in love with the girl. Like, oh my god! And it's like this hologram distress signal. And the entire beginning of the episode, all of the characters are completely dismissing him. They're like, no, we're here to search for minicons. We're not here to search for this girl. And it's like, dude, it's a fucking right. distress signal. Yeah, like, which is, the Autobots again, are constantly touting how they're like helping humans and they're good and yeah, stuff. Yeah, they're really and now altruistic. They're like, but when they get like, an fuck obvious... This. We got to secure these resources for our war. <laughs> yeah, when they get an obvious distress signal, they are not particularly interested in following it up. Everyone and dismisses then, Carlos. <laughs> and then... Like that episode features uh, the Autobots discovering the lost city of Atlantis. Yeah. Which has a bunch of hologram people in it, including the girl. So we get an (laughs) awesome, complete nonsense subplot where Carlos is in love with a hologram. Yeah, yeah. And and I do love because she is like a sentient hologram that does reply to their questions. Yeah. Yeah. But like. And they have to leave, and Carlos is, like, sad because, like, she's going to be destroyed because the fucking ruins are falling apart. And they're just like, come on, Carlos, she's just a hologram. It's like, okay, like, pretty sure, I mean, you could at least, like, somewhat treat her like a human. (laughs) Yeah, or that episode also ends with a really bizarre, of course, nonsensical conversation between Carlos and Rad, where Rad is like, you know what? I bet she's okay. Like maybe she'll even come to the surface. And Carlos yeah, is like, "Wow, yeah. you think so?" And then Rad immediately replies, "Forget about her." <laughs> then why'd you just build her up, Rad? I forgot. I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> why did you just do the uh, opposite of that? This whole show is fucking nonsense. It's dude. crazy. It is. It has to be seen to be believed. But honestly, again, yeah. like I would not even necessarily recommend seeing it because it's it can just be funny us. but most of the time it just kind of isn't yeah <laughs> like i think watching clips of it is the best that you're gonna be able to do yeah because it's yeah. not really worth like it's infrequent that i sit down and i watch something and after it's done i'm like i want that time back yeah 
That's not a thing that happens to me, and it happened to me with this show. Or like watching an episode of something and immediately being like, huh, uh, how many episodes of this are there? Like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, 41? 12? Oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, okay. We probably so, should come up with a bet, right? For, yeah, we know, should come up with a bet for the next season. Um, I am not totally sure what. Maybe to how do. many times? How many times a transformer is transformer is injured? <laughs> because it almost never happens. Oh, that's actually a really good one. Or You're injured totally by a laser right. blast. Nobody, yeah, nobody ever really gets hurt, do they? Uh, that's it, that's really good. Hurt or maybe injured by a laser blast, like hit by a laser blast at all um yeah you know injured's probably good because like yeah i think usually injured. they're just like some like oh the ground falls beneath them and they you know they're distracted or something to the point where they have to stop fighting <laughs> yeah, sure. that's pretty much how it always is yeah <laughs> there's there, like there one occasional shot the injuries where, but uh yeah like optimus gets shot by a couple lasers and it nothing happens there's absolutely zero damage and they're all like oh optimus are you okay oh my god <laughs> like the first episode yeah, right. I mean, there's an episode uh, where Starscream's, like, wing breaks off at some point. That's but, true. But, yeah, no, we should, uh, I think that's good. Um, yeah. I'm going to say, like, four times. Okay, I'm going to... Um, Total. In a classic 4-2 split that that we will do. Yeah, I'll say two times. All right, cool. Locked in. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's the bet. So, next week, uh, I think we're going to watch something that's... A little weird, uh, specifically the GoBots animated movie. Uh, GoBots, if you're not familiar, was Tonka's answer to Transformers. Uh, Basically, it's the same exact thing. They're they're robots that transform into vehicles. It's the same thing, but shittier. uh, (laughs) Yeah, the same thing, but shittier. But what's amazing is that the movie GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords introduces the like absolute nadir of transforming toys in the rock lords who are robots that transform into rocks because nothing's more fun to play with than a fucking plastic rock yeah nondescript boulder awesome (laughs) yeah so yes it's the shittier version of transformers uh shittier allies and this is the movie that introduces them. And also kind of hilariously at this point, uh, Hasbro, of course, the creators of Transformers, actually own GoBots. Um, so Great. apparently GoBots are considered like a an alternate timeline to Transformers or some shit. I Can't wait to see them in the next Michael Bay Transformers. <laughs> oh, God, the Rock Lords. In, uh, I, I would give so much money to see a goddamn boulder transform into a robot in the next Transformers movie, dude. Yeah, dude, of course. <laughs> it's have... it's going to be like a, a, a little thing just for the fans. <laughs> yeah, right. You have no idea how happy that would make me. Just so stupid. Uh, so oh, yeah, man. and then obviously after that, we're just gonna continue plowing through Transformers Armada. Oh, and you know, before I forget, I just want to point out that Transformers Armada is a terrible show that is plagued with production problems, but it is actually followed by Transformers Energon, which is worse somehow. Supposedly, so, <laughs> I've seen an episode. Oof. It's it's hard to look at. Like oh it's boy. that kind of bad. So, <laughs> I will also yeah. point out if you if you are morbidly curious, first of all, we don't recommend it. But the show is legally available on <laughs> True, Tubi yeah. TV for streaming, which is like a free streaming service that has some ads or whatever. Yeah, Ugh. sometimes, sometimes uh, it doesn't. It's really weird. Yeah. Um. But yeah, if don't you if you're it. really 
if you really feel like wasting some time, uh, yeah, it's on Tubi TV. It's really easy to find. And uh, again, don't bother. But, uh, you know, maybe bother. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, if, you, if, maybe, you truly, make, if you truly have nothing. <laughs> Like, make me feel like this. i've wasted my life a little less by sharing in my pointless yeah. activities yeah misery loves company um, so yeah right so yeah next week we're gonna be covering gobots battle of the rock lords uh but until <laughs> then i'm michael doke and i'm peter eby and uh yeah be sure to revisit us next week and until then transform and roll out Hey, thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it, and we hope you're staying safe out there. It is weird how long I have been saying that. (laughs) Gotta be honest. Uh, This podcast is in support of Black Lives Matter. If you check the relevant post on our website titled Black Lives Matter, there are links to charities and a list of charities um, that you should really try to donate to if you have the means. It might be getting old me saying this, but still, I think it's an important cause. And uh, obviously, none of the proceeds of any of this go to us in any way. We're just trying to, you know, spread the word of where you can put your hard-earned money to uh, benefit these people that really need it, frankly. Um, Even if we have a tiny platform, we feel like, you know, it's a responsibility that we have in some way. Anyway, if you want more of our content, follow us over at facebook.com slash hbpod and twitter at hbpod, where we post all of our episodes as well as additional content related to what we've been watching. This is also a great way to get in contact with us if you're so inclined. Uh, Subscribing on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcatcher app you use is also a great way to stay up to date. And while you're there, consider leaving us a review. We really appreciate it. It helps us find new listeners. And, uh, you know, it's just kind of nice to read people giving us positive feedback. That's always pretty cool, regardless of uh, who you are or what you've been doing. Positive feedback, always a good thing. This has been my TED Talk. Anyway, uh, see you next week for GoBots Battle of the Rock Lords. And until then, stay safe.